HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Many Kitchens, the one-stop shop for all things foodie. Discover the best artisanal foods that America has to offer. Shop for more at manykitchens.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. I just want to wish everyone a happy new year. This is the first show of the year for the Speakeasy, and it's been three great years so far, and I can't wait to have many more. And uh, I do want to remark, uh, do want to say something about the uh, weather here in New York. It is quite cold, so I can't think of anyone better to have on the show than Claire Marin from Catskill Provisions, who is an expert beekeeper and has just introduced very recently a honey whiskey, and I can't think of anything better to throw in a hot toddy right now and sit in the studio and talk. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. God, that sounds really good right around now, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, I... You know this this uh, this wintry mix. I won't even call it a mix. It's just straight up winter. Um, has really uh, been <laughs> having been uh, harder. You know, like basically guarding a lot of uh, requests for. I'm, I can't. I'm too cold to even talk right now. Uh, <laughs> requests for. I think hot you toddies. need a little bit of whiskey right yeah, about now. Yeah, I know. Really, I, wish I, I could give you some. I know, uh, but I've, <laughs> I've been getting a lot of requests at my bar for hot toddies, and you know, I you know, there's no, no better way to do that than uh, throwing some honey whiskey in there. So you yeah, started. Absolutely. You started this company, uh, Caskill Provisions, back in 2010. But you got started doing. You started beekeeping quite a little bit before that, right? Yeah, yeah. I had been beekeeping for uh, about nine years prior prior to starting the company, and. Um, it was, you know, an amazing experience. It was, it was just always so great. It was sort of my zen, you know, during uh, my publishing years. And um, in 2010, I just decided to, you know, just throw in the towel with the whole corporate thing and, and do something that I loved. And, and I knew that I could, you know, I had some really amazing honey produced in, in the part of Delaware County and Sullivan County in, in New York State. And I wanted to create a company to 
bring some some revenue to that area that that is is you know you know how it is upstate you drive through you don't see a whole lot of anything but beauty and and um there's just great food products being produced there like the maple syrup eventually became something that we made um but always I, I always, the goal was to distill, you know, with honey and maple syrup, I was sure that we can make some really fine stuff. Um, so that's sort of how, you know, the whole idea got started uh, three years ago. And, and we're really on track, you know, and uh, I think the, the food product got, uh, grew really uh, much more than I had thought in the three years. And then all of a sudden, I, I you know, my hands were totally full with that and I thought maybe a collaboration and I and I looked for the best I could absolutely find and, and I absolutely found them in, in uh, Finger Lakes Distilling. The McKenzie's, both Brian McKenzie and, and Tom McKenzie, the distiller at Finger Lakes Distilling are, are just, you know, amazing, the products that they put out and I think they did a great job with our, with our honey. You know, I... I had, you know, outside of uh, just taking motorcycle trips upstate and everything and like, you know, like you said, you know, just kind of witnessing the beauty of upstate New York, and it's a, a very magical and beautiful place. Um, I, you know, st- we we'd always stop off at like a brewery or a distillery or a little cafe spots around. You know, and I, I, what I started realizing is that you know, for these small towns that are so close to New York City, and it it doesn't really matter that they're so close to New York City because there's their whole there's a whole vibe going on up there. There's a lot of farming. There's a lot of like creating your own atmosphere and economy there. And I was I was just actually on Saturday I had the opportunity to go up to uh, visit uh, another distillery with some friends, um, the Warwick Distillery, and we went to uh, Pinning's Farm, this really cool old barn, and I I saw that. I knew that we were doing this show today, and it, it didn't really just stand out because we we're going to talk about honey today. But I was like, "Wow, there's a huge shelf at this place. It's kind of like country grocery store, and it's all full yeah. of local honey, you know." And yeah, it's so cool it, it, that that's an actual market, you know. Especially with, I mean, we can get into this a little bit later, but you know, like we had this uh, this whole thing about like bees like dying off, you know, a few years ago. There was this whole like yeah, totally, you know, and it was, that's cur- currently happening. Yeah, yeah, and it, but it it feels like, and I could be definitely wrong about it, but it definitely feels like, um, you know, that's back on track where before about you know years ago it seemed like it was there it was a real problem, you know, bees dying off like they were, and I don't really know to speak too much to it. Uh, much to that subject, but I mm-hmm. think you could enlighten me on that, right? Yeah, you know, I, I um, we, we've been having some issues with that. I will tell you that this uh, season, the spring and summer season of 2000 and fall, actually, through the whole season and 2013 was very strong in the U.S. Um, with much less die-off than the prior year. The prior year, you saw 30% to 80% die-off in some places. Wow. We had 30% die-off. I mean, so it's, and we were some of the luckiest ones. I mean, you know, in our area for some reason, I, you know, and I do believe that it has a lot to do with pesticides. I mean, a lot of the die-off happens around major, huge um, mass farm farms, you know, um, industrial farms, you know. So, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. Europe now just, just put in a... Um, moratorium on the use of a particular pesticide that's been rumored to be or, or proven in many cases but you know how these companies are they're so sure. big you know um it's bayer it's dow it's 
you know, so, but a moratorium on the use of it for two years. So that, I think, will help the world figure out, okay, if the die-off persists, then maybe it is something else. But, you know, I think the um, the amount of new beekeeping that is going on is so awesome. Even city beekeeping, urban beekeepers, you know, I think it's helping with some of the die-off to just bring in new you know, new bees into the system, you know, and, and they're still, you know, it's definitely a difficult thing to do. I mean, they'll go into beekeeping if, you know, if you don't have, you know, a pretty strong, strong stomach, you know, because you're, you're going to suffer a lot over your, your bees not being successful or weather or, you know, there's so many things that can, that can affect you. Uh, but it's by far the most incredibly, um, it's just such an amazing experience. It really is to beekeep. It, it, it's really wonderful. I haven't turned anyone onto it that doesn't go, oh, my God, this is awesome, you know. Um, so I highly recommend it. Yeah. I, you know, I uh, one of uh, my old coworkers, uh, his name is John Feldman, he actually started beekeeping here out at, here at Roberta's, I believe, is where they started with uh, Brennan Hoy, yeah. one of the, uh, the partners here at Roberta's. And that was uh, – that was pretty like it was pretty cool. Like when he it was, I, I remember how fulfilled he was when he got his first batch of honey and brought it into the the restaurant. Yeah. And you know, it was like it's a really cool thing. My experience with bees, like in, in my life, was that they fly around and sting me. Um, they just re- really <laughs> they really like doing that um, for some really? reason. But that's funny. But yeah, I I, I, probably, I was probably like uh, I was probably walking out of bounds a lot of times and getting into places I shouldn't be. But yeah, you were probably <laughs> getting in their way. I bet. That's really exactly. the only time they sting you is when yeah. you're you know you surprise them when you're in their way or something like that. Otherwise, they're just so absolutely determined to have a successful hive and and just create honey and and you know. Find well, they're, they're they're partners in business, they're, you know. They're, they they're, really are, and and it's a huge. You're you're farming farmers in a, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, without a doubt, it's an enormous reason why I got so into it because I just thought, wow, if if human beings could work more together that way, we would be so much more successful than we are. You know, instead of working against each other and having different groups within a group, you know, and things like that, but. You know, it is what it is. We go to the bees for those things, you know, so we learn a lot of good lessons from them, for sure. Yeah, so, like, so you were in publishing, and then you were doing this as a hobby on the side, correct? Yeah, yeah, totally. And so this this probably was very inspiring for you, like in your your work environment. You know, like when you're you're in town uh, working. I, I do some work in Midtown as well with some publishing companies, and, and you know, yeah. I, I'm always like, you know what? All right, guys, this is cool. At least like we're on the side. And like the way I work in in the that industry is that you know at least we're testing out food and drinks, so everyone really does work together. But I know that yeah. my my brother and some of my bandmates also work in publishing, but it's not the same. You know, it's it's, it's nice to be on the side of like the. Food food and, and beverage, uh, you know, side of the publishing world, uh, because you do see how people really uh, do work, want to work together. And, yeah, that's that's also, you can take a lot of lessons from uh, the bees that you're raising and seeing how they, yeah. and observing them and how they work together. And so, yeah, absolutely. It's a good yeah. system. So, yeah. so I, I was reading on your website, you have over 700 spots where you're, you have seven over 700 hives now? You know, at all times, that changes. Uh, that was my peak year. That was really about a year ago. And then, you know, 30% die off. I mean, I'm close sure. to now to about 500 or so. Um, you know, and again, we combine a lot of hives. We, um, 
you know, in any any given time, like at the end of the season, I combined a lot of hives. So I'm probably between like, you know, 455, you know, you, yeah. I, I really, you know, in the spring, then I will have, uh, you know, an accurate count. But it's, you know, the number has lowered a bit. 700 was definitely like way too much anyway. Um, and I don't want to be, you know, a... a big producer i really you know love taking honey and making it part of other products you know so we've instead of just jars of honey i love to make it into for example we've made a ketchup with our honey so instead of sugar or corn syrup or any of those fillers you know sweeteners we'll use you know we'll make um uh, balsamic fig honey marinade for example Mm -hmm. it's a great dressing uh, um, and then with the maple syrup we make a great barbecue sauce so you know, the idea is to, sort of to take those things as the base and then take it from there. We also have chocolate honey truffles that we sweeten only with our um, honey. And it's the same honey, actually, that um, we make the whiskey with. It's an amber honey. It's, it's a late summer honey that's really beautiful, very flavorful, complex flavors. And um, it stands up to chocolate and alcohol and whiskey. You know, it just really marries so well with the New York rye that Finger Lakes is uh, is uh, making, so it's it's really awesome. Yeah, and you know, I was working um, about like six or seven years. It was shortly after I moved to New York City. I was working in a little retail shop here, and I remember when the kind of like you were saying, like, I didn't, part of the reason why I respect your brand so much um, is the the idea that like when 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 I was working in the shop. Um, there was a big company I won't name names, but uh, that put okay. out put out a whiskey, uh, a honey whiskey, and yeah. I was like, "All right, that's cool." And then every yeah. everyone started doing it, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" It's like, you know what? I don't know where this honey comes from, and also this whiskey yeah. is like kind of mass produced, and you know, it's like I would rather you know, as a bar person and a person who just loves food in general, food and drinks in general, it's like I'd rather like have like honey from like one of my friends or like a company that I respect and then go and find the whiskey that I want to pair with that and mix them together. And that's why I really think that what you guys are doing with this honey whiskey is a really cool thing. I typically, I typically do that at the bar, you know, like we definitely source out, you know, we're very particular about the, like the different honeys and different, just ingredients in general, like in front of the house, back of the house, like in the kitchen, at the bar, you know, and we play around with Mm -hmm. them. They, they do Mm -hmm. have, you know, very different flavors and to be able to put two locally produced, like responsibly produced products together, like you guys have done is such a astounding thing. I think that's just thank you a really cool thing to do <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah it really is and i think you know working with like smaller you know farmers uh it, it, it's so much more sustainable like the relationship that i have with brian and tom it, i can't get that if i'm just you know buying whiskey from a huge producer or you know what i mean it's just you're not going to get the product the quality consistency of product and the same thing with them, with me, uh, you know, with our honey, and they, they actually do use our maple syrup in their maple jack um, liqueur that is wonderful. If you haven't tried it, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's just the collaboration thing between people doesn't happen in, in, in a big scale, you know, because then there's no face to it. 
there's really no name to it and locality of or of the source is is it doesn't matter when you get to those numbers you know it's just a matter of truckloads of things so quality goes down and you know and then you don't really know where the money goes you don't really know you know this way we know exactly listen it's staying in new york state that's what we want we both want that absolutely so it's really a wonderful thing any chef we work with any shop we work with everybody sort of there's a good feeling around it and everybody's making their their money and everybody's doing a good thing it's you know the satisfaction of it is really nice to have and you're making a living you know that's totally no. that's yeah. absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, Claire, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, I'd like to delve deeper into the collaborative uh, uh, spirit of no pun intended or pun intended of uh, what you guys are doing. <laughs> so let's uh, take okay. a quick break, and we'll be right back with Claire Marin of Catskill okay. Provisions. Thank you. Okay, bye. You are listening to Favorite Flower by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.org. At ManyKitchens.com, you can enjoy decadent caramel brownies, hand-picked teas, and fair trade coffee, oven-roasted chicken pot pies, and so much more. Whether you're planning a dinner party, sending a gift, or just want to try something new and delicious. Many Kitchens offers something for everyone. Help support small batch producers while you discover the best in artisanal foods from across the nation at manykitchens.com. Many Kitchens, the one-stop shop for all things foodie. That was an awesome song. <laughs> uh, you're listening to the Speakeasy. We're here on the phone with Claire Marin of Catskills Provisions. We were just talking about the. We just started. We were talking about the honey production, and uh, we we're just getting into the uh, the whiskey side of things um, with the uh, Brian and Tom, which are not brothers, but they're both named McKenzie of uh, Finger Lakes Distilling. Um, I think what we where we left off before the break. We were talking about the collaborative efforts of, you know, like you guys being both in New York State and keeping it in the state and not necessarily just for us, but for everyone, but showing how I think, um, especially coming from a small town and living on a farm growing up, like we always, there was a lot of collaboration going on and there was a lot of helping your neighbor and making things happen that way. And you're starting to see it a lot more nowadays. It used to be rather than the synergy that we're seeing a lot nowadays used to be more competitive. And I think what's really cool about this is, you know what? You got this whiskey. I've got this honey. They're both awesome. Let's put them together and everyone's going to enjoy that. You know, I I think that's a, a really strong statement, you know, just to, to work together that way. Yeah, it sure is. And and it's really interesting how things work out because, you know, we, I really, the goal was the third year of the company to start distilling ourselves. And I had the second year, at the end of the second year, I had started talking to a distiller, an independent distiller upstate in our area, actually, um, 
that had really good experience who I really liked, and we, you know, we were like going to hire them and, and start this thing, and we were looking at stills. And honestly, it, one thing led to another, and then you know the the food line just started kind of growing, and you know by chance, I met Brian and loved his products, their products, and I was like, wow, wait a minute. And from that meeting, we just started talking, and and we saw eye to eye, which was so important to me, you know, because, um, you know, Finger Lakes Distilling was one of the first small batch distilleries um, in New York State. And, you know, the laws have changed so much uh, thanks to, you know, some of the higher-ups, the officials that, you know, have decided to allow some of these, uh, you know, some farmers to be able to make money a little bit differently with, you know, with apples and pears and all that and, and trying to turn those into into alcohol again like they used to. So it's helped farming an enormous amount. And obviously, you know, the, the growing of, of rye and, and things like that in New York State um, have given a farmer a new source of revenue and land that wasn't used and stuff. So, um I mean, Brian and, and Tom were at the forefront of that. They were, it, it, I, I believe, if it wasn't, if they weren't the first, they were absolutely one of the first um, to get on that. And um, so it was really a, a pleasure, you know, to uh, to to meet them and and you know just forge this ahead with this thing. Yeah, I, and you know, I mean, they have a, a farming a farm distillation license, correct? I mean, right, correct. And that is. That is basically the way that that was ushered back into distillation in New York State. Um, it was basically based on the the farm distillation uh, licenses that you could get, and which means that in the best way, you know, you're hiring people for working on the like working on the farm. You're growing the grain. You're growing the or at least it's right around your farm, and it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. you're producing a product that's useful, usable. Um, and, you know, it really, that just goes back to the, the early days. Like, the, well, the origin of distillation in general um, is preservation. You know, we have, we've got these giant yeah. crops, you know, when, when yeah. the land was much more bountiful than it is nowadays. And, you know, whatever we had left over so it didn't spoil, we'd start distilling it, you know. And yeah, that, exactly. That way we've got, uh, you know. We're not we're not wasting anything, waste not whatnot, and uh, also you know when yeah. the town gets together and has a you know a big party, uh, you know we can we can yeah without a doubt I've I've had the pleasure of doing <laughs> that in the middle of nowhere in the woods with a you know bunch of guys when they do the higher cider press mm-hmm. oh my god you got it I have you done that. It's like the coolest thing. It's like going back 200 years. You know, they used to do it like 100 years ago, and it's, and it's the same press that they're using. That's awesome. Oh, my God. What a party that is. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, you want to have a nice, hefty breakfast before you go there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. Well, let me ask you this. Um, on the, the, the drink side of things, like, how do you like to drink this whiskey? Do you make cocktails with it? Do you drink it on its own? I mean, like, how, what, do you, what do you like to do? Well, for it? me, i got to tell you, if I'm feeling a little lazy, on the rocks, it's amazing. It's really wonderful. Uh, neat, you will, you will taste a little bit less of the honey. Um, you know, the goal was not to make it very sweet. I really wanted to keep to... To, you know, respect the whiskey that it is um, and just add the honey and round it out a little bit, you know. 
mm-hmm. round out the edges. And um, so I think, you know, Tom did that very, very well. Um, and, um, you know, so it lent itself well to a neat drink if you want to stick more to the whiskiness of it. And then adding the the rocks really opens up the sweetness of it a little bit. Again, it, it does stay pretty dry, but you have an aroma of honey to it, so that's wonderful. It makes an amazing um, old-fashioned. I don't put sure. any sugar in old-fashioned anymore, just with the honey whiskey. So it's kind of nice, you know, for the gals out there that are watching their weight a little bit. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good. So I could drink more, you know, if I have less sugar. Um, so it's part of the master plan, but, um, um, the other way too, like Bouvet, uh, restaurant in New York, um, serves a, uh, an Irish whiskey with it and it's really wonderful. It gives it just a slight sweetness that goes really well. Hot toddies also, of course. um, a couple of people are making it with that and, um, who else is, uh, doing really well with it? Barbuto and, mm-hmm. um, Oh, God, I'm forgetting. I'm going to kick myself. Il Buco. Il Buco has a more, sure. uh, they're making an arancino with it. So there's, you know, a little, uh, like an Italian old-fashioned. So there's cherry to it and a cherry liqueur and, and this and, and our honey whiskey. And it, it's just, it tastes like amazing. So, again, you don't need a sweetener with it because it just rounds it out enough for you to have a really beautiful, you know, it's a drinker's cocktail. You know, it's not like for someone who, you know, likes uh, very sweet drinks or something like that. It's definitely a drinker's cocktail. Sure. And, you know, 80 proof, uh, you know, is, is is a good one, you know, yeah. um, all the other honey whiskeys and stuff. Yeah, they're Besides much... all their other faults, they're 70 proof. You know? Yeah, they're much sweeter and much lower proof. And yeah. you know, I, I, I feel like it's, uh, you know, one of those kind of things that, you know, next time I go camping up upstate, that's what I'm going to take with me. <laughs> Listen, I, in a flask, if if I had to, you know, deserted island, like what would you bring? My flask would definitely have New York honey whiskey in it, for sure. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that would be my drink of choice. <laughs> now, I like, I always like the uh, the idea of, like, grains and honey together, and that's exactly what this is. I mean, you know, yeah. like at the very base level and the very old school, like almost like breakfast oats you know like together with the honey yeah. it's like that's that's what it is but it's and and i don't want to promote you know like am drinking or anything but <laughs> I, I you know it's like one of those things i you know i i've always done on my brunch menus i've always put the brown derby on my uh, my cocktail list for for brunch ah. because you've got some whiskey you've got some honey you got some grapefruit and it just it, it is the brown derby is it's a breakfast cocktail they probably didn't start out that way. They probably didn't mean for it to be that way. But, I mean, come on. Let's get real. That's, you know, it's yeah. a breakfast cocktail. Totally. Listen, people have been drinking all day long. I mean, watch any movie from, like, the 40s and 50s. And, I mean, everyone had a cigarette and a drink, you know, like <laughs> madmen. They would, you know, conducting business with, you know, whiskey all over that office. Hey, you know what? That's, that's how this country was founded. Uh, you know, there was, there was a lot of drinks going on while this, uh, this country was being... Uh, you know, I know, yeah. Worked until, you know, <laughs> actually our first tax was on alcohol. So, you know, we got, you know, God bless it. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Uh, exactly. But, uh, Listen, yeah. done responsibly, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to create new things based on some of the oldest, you know, experiences that we've had. I mean, it's really a wonderful thing to have this sort of fresh, uh, way of mixing, you know, like you said, a grain that is, you know, has 
is as old as us, you know, and and uh, and and the honey, which is something that's you know it's good and and it's plentiful and it's delicious and it's natural. Um, you know, even listen, all we I even went down to um, the bottle being from Made in America. Like I, I was totally insistent on getting a bottle that was you know very American. And when you look at it, it looks like an old whiskey bottle you would see at a western bar somewhere you know yeah. those spaghetti westerns they had that bottle in their bar for sure i know it Snap. <laughs> you had me at spaghetti western <laughs> stop it <laughs> <laughs> well i can't wait to uh actually uh you know we're having our heritage radio party uh the host party uh coming up in a couple of weeks and uh Whoa. so we're going to be featuring your whiskey at that party and i'll be making some cocktails with it and i can't wait to uh actually share one with you if you're around yeah, me too. I, I really, I, I appreciate you, you, um, you know, taking the time for us and and talking about this. And and I love your show and can't Thank wait you. to meet you face to face for sure. Awesome, Claire. It's been so nice talking to you. And yeah, have a great rest of the day. Yeah, you too, and a happy new year. Okay. Okay, you too. Okay. All Bye-bye. right. Bye. That's it for the Speakeasy this week. Uh, check in next week. We're going to be talking. Actually, you know what? We're going to keep this whole month rolling with whiskey. We'll be speaking about whiskey all month long, and that's not a bad thing at all. And I also wanted to say very quickly, uh, thanks to everyone. I was out of the studio for the month of December, but my three-year anniversary with Heritage Radio was this December. And I just want to thank all the past guests and sponsors and everyone who's made this show and this radio station so great. Uh, I want to wish them Happy New Year and thank them very, very much. All right, check in next week. That's it for the Speakeasy this week. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil that rhythm and blues that's him. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.